So uh, just a simple note before I pray and, and begin my homily. On this Easter season particularly, we've been using incense more and just to, to say about that um, on this Pentecost Sunday. So one of the, the signs in Scripture, one of the symbols of the presence of the Holy Spirit is the glory cloud, the Shekinah glory the, the cloud that overshadowed um, Moses as he went up to get uh, the, the Ten Commandments. The cloud that, over, that overshadowed the tabernacle as it went through the, they went through the desert, the Israelites. The cloud that overshadowed the Blessed Virgin Mary as she conceived the child Jesus in her womb. And the same glory cloud that overshadowed Christ on the Mount of Tabor, the Transfiguration. And so when we use incense, one of the, the symbols is this, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit who is overshadowing us with his glory. Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit. Come Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire. We pray that you would make our minds, our hearts, and our souls fertile soil. That your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us, the great mysteries of the faith. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. On that evening of the first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst. And we think of what's happening here. Jesus has risen. He is alive, and he has conquered sin and death. And they are afraid. They're afraid because they, they saw what happened to Jesus. They saw him killed. They saw him crucified. They saw him buried. And so they're just consumed with fear because what's going on? Like, are they going to be coming after us? Are they going to be coming after his followers? We know Peter, in fear, right, denied Jesus three times, just consumed by it. Christ as they're hiding in the upper room, it says he broke in and he stood in their midst. He stood in their midst. There's a lot for us to look around in our families, in our city, in our culture, in our country, in the world, to look around and to be afraid of. And if, if, if it wasn't enough that it's like all over the TV, and again, it's good for us to be informed. Like, we want to be informed. But, you know, this, these phones in our hands are just constantly, right, just constantly like, look, look at all the things, or, or we're distracting ourselves. So it's kind of either facing all the craziness, all the news, all the difficulties, all the, the challenges that we have, or a level of distraction sometimes, just like to not think about it. But Jesus came and he stood in their midst. And brothers and sisters, today, now, 
and at every moment of our, of our lives, Jesus comes and he stands in our midst. What he says to us is peace be with you. And then he showed them his hands and his side. Yes, there is suffering. Yes, suffering is real. Yes, I died. But I am alive. I have risen and conquered sin and death. This power. And he says to them, peace be with you. And then he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. And he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. Today the Feast of Pentecost is the particular liturgical celebration, which is not just remembering that Pentecost had happened, but it is as if we are in that, the, the upper room again 40 days later, 50 days later, at Pentecost, 40 days after this resurrection, Jesus ascended and he told them, go back to the same room. Go back to the same room where you were afraid. Go back to the same room where you were so consumed in fear you couldn't move. You couldn't think of what to do. Where I broke in. Go back there. And he says, and wait and pray. And so they listen to him. They go back. And for nine days, they're in this same room. And I imagine there are memories of those first three days. Do you remember when we were just so afraid? We didn't even know what was going on. We didn't even know what was happening. And Jesus came in. He spoke to us, peace be with you. And he showed us his hands and his side. And then for 40 days we were with him. And now he's ascended. Like, and he's talking about the coming of the Spirit. But like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And we wanted him to stay. And he said that it was better for him to go. And all of us were clear. Like, no, 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 Lord. Like, you're pretty smart. You know, you're the Lord. But it's better for you to stay. No. It is better that I go. Because if I do not go, then the Father will not send the Spirit. And who is actually there in the room, who is teaching them, who is consoling them, is the Blessed Virgin Mary. The mother of Christ, the spouse of the Spirit, who is saying, boys, it's all right. Let us wait and pray. Let us trust. For the Spirit is coming. And then the first reading that we had, as they are there, and then the Holy Spirit shows up. It says, with a great driving wind. Can you, can you imagine being in the room? Like, oh no, it's a hurricane, right? Like, what's going on here? Everybody hunker down. But them experiencing, well, this is this, again, this, experiencing this empowering of God's divine life. So we, in the creed, when we speak about the Holy Spirit, what do we say? The formulation of the deposit of faith. Like, this is the core of what we believe as Catholics. That the Holy Spirit is the Lord and the giver of life. Fear steals life. Fear is the giver of death. But the Holy Spirit 
is the Lord and the giver of life. Of life. And what life is this? The life of the resurrected Jesus Christ. The life of the most holy trinity. And when we're baptized, and right after Mass today, we're going to have two baptisms. What a great day to be baptized on. That the Holy Spirit comes with the Father and the Son to dwell in our souls. That we receive what, what St. Paul says um, in, in our second reading, right? You have not respe- received a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but a spirit of adoption in which we cry out, Abba, Father. All of us experience fear. It's a natural human response. Now the question that needs to consistently be before us, when we're looking at the world and we are afraid, when we're looking at the circumstances of our own life and we are afraid, where do we turn our gaze? Do we continue to stare at the thing that is making us afraid? Do we turn away to some sort of distraction? Or do we look upon the crucified and risen Christ? Do we look upon that image of divine mercy where Jesus shows, yes, I have died, but I have risen. And flowing from his heart is the power and the grace and the life of the Holy Spirit. The Lord, the giver of life, And in this moment, right, these apostles who were so afraid now all of a sudden become bold with a fierce boldness. So the same people that they were afraid that were going to crucify them as well, they go out and they were proclaiming Jesus. Miraculously, people are brought in to belief in Christ and baptism. When we look at the world, again, we look at our own families, we look at the situation, what is needed more than anything else is the love of God. Is the love of God. Because it's the love of God that stills the soul, that brings us into communion with him. That all of the ills of our, of our personal lives and of the world, because we have, have disordered loves. And then when we have received the Holy Spirit, whom the Lord is giving, then he says, then now as the Father has sent me, I send you. I send you. And not just as yourself, but as Christ living in you through the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. So that what is happening here in this gospel reading, that we are called to be Jesus walking into the upper rooms of everyone in our world. Where there is fear and anxiety, where there is concern, where doors are locked in minds and hearts, that we are called to allow Christ in our souls to walk into their hearts in and through our life. And to speak Jesus in a way that no one else can. And to allow the Holy Spirit in our souls to say, peace be with you. As I can look back in my life, particularly in the last 
20 years and just go back like in this moment, this person walked into my life and said, peace be with you. And that changed me. And in this moment, this person walked into my life and said, peace be with you. And that changed me. And in this moment, this person walked into my life and said, peace be with you. And that changed me because it was Jesus Christ alive in their hearts. Not platitudes. Not everything is going to be okay. But the power of Jesus suffering in and through them and, and brought into my life. So today, with great conviction in my heart, with great longing in my heart, I ask you, invite the Holy Spirit into your life in a way in which you never have before. Very intentionally. Very intentionally. Brothers and sisters, sometimes in this, this, this other line here where St. Paul says, we are not debtors to the flesh. We are not debtors to the flesh. What does he mean there? He means the thinking that we have sometimes where it's like, you know what? I'm just stuck in this. I can't. It's my human nature. No. It is our fallen human nature. And the Lord has come to heal it and restore it. That is the enemy who is telling us we're never going to get better, that we're never going to grow, that we're never going to gain freedom. Now on this side of heaven, that's going to be a constant healing and a constant grace. We're never going to be perfected completely. But if we think to ourselves, I cannot grow, I cannot move, I cannot conquer this sin in my life or this difficulty, that is a lie from the pit of hell because we are not debtors to the flesh. We have received the spirit of adoption. And so invite, invite today, invite every day of your life for the Holy Spirit to come. So two practical things. The Pentecost sequence that we prayed right before the gospel. If you need to, before you leave, take a picture of it uh, from the missal in our church and pray it often, if not daily. And then ask the Blessed Virgin Mary to teach you to allow the Holy Spirit to be Lord of your life, everything in it. And as she reveals, as the Holy Spirit reveals certain things like, hey, right now, I need to be more Lord of your schedule. Or right now, I need to be more Lord of this relationship. Oh, right now, I think I need to be Lord of your bank account. Okay, then whatever it is, offer it. Ask and seek counsel if you need. Come to the Holy Eucharist all the time. Come to the Sacrament of Reconciliation all the time. These are the font of mercy where the Holy Spirit moves. And then as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life through faith, through prayer, through the sacraments, through seeking to love others and evangelizing, then Jesus will come to live in our souls so that we will break into other people's lives, even in our imperfection. Even in our imperfection, the Lord wants to use you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. And then other people will encounter Christ alive in our souls, and the world will be changed, and souls will be saved. Let this be the great desire of our life. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. So we'll end in a prayer.
Lord Jesus, we pray. Holy Father, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. We give you permission to enter into our souls in a way in which you never have before. Take possession. We give you permission to be Lord, for Christ to be King. Take possession. Allow us to receive the spirit of adoption ever more deeply that we may know the gift of being a son and a daughter and that Christ's life will fill us so that as we enter into the lives of others, they will experience him living in us and know the peace that only you can give. Come Holy Spirit, Jesus, we trust in you.